Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our exciting podcast featuring many plays and dramas. Every single Sunday night at 7 p.m. we'll be bringing you new episodes, so be sure to tune in at GetNewFrequency.com and please subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can do that through the contact page of our website. We love our genres here at New Frequency and there is nothing more fun than a great western, which is what we have for you tonight. A mind-bending mystery called Asleep at Cripple Creek. To help me introduce it is one of the stars, the wonderful Victoria Wright. Hello, Victoria. Hello, Matt. So at New Frequency, we love our genres, you know, and this one here is kind of a, a great one because it's a mystery. It's a Western. It's set in the Old West in a brothel, and you play, I guess, the head of the brothel. The, we call them madams. Yes, yeah. this, yes. <laughs> Madam Lydia is her name. So it, it's such a unique voice for you in this piece. So talk a little bit about finding finding the, the character of Madam Lydia and finding that voice. It's funny, when I when I heard that we were doing um, Asleep at Cripple Creek, I really did think about the character development. And for me, it, it's such a, a visceral kind of process. I don't... Um, I don't generally plan out something. It sort of um, develops out of how I feel as we read the pieces for the first time and then sort of build on that. But I, I do know, this is sort of embarrassing, but I was thinking more, uh, not channeling, but thinking Walter Brennan. And um, I think that, not that I was trying to imitate him, but that old kind of, not that Madame Lydia is old, but that geezer kind of feel, and that She's sort a tough of gal. a little, yeah, a little, uh, a little crusty around the edges, mm -hmm. which I think you know, it, the reality of a, a woman in that position, she has to be, even though we find that there's a slightly tender spot, but still. Yeah, and talk a little bit about this piece in particular, because I know with this piece, you know, giving a little hint away of the story you're going to hear, <laughs> it's about a man who mysteriously falls asleep in this brothel and, you know, becomes sort of a tourist attraction over years. That's how long he sleeps, a great surreal piece. You know, talk about the challenges of sort of, 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 of doing a piece like this, which has a non-traditional narrative, and, and any of the challenges that that presented as a performer. Well, I think, you know, this was not the, the first rodeo for any of us in this piece. <laughs> We've done a lot and, of things uh, like this. Yeah, and um, I think one of the delights about working with New Frequency over the years was the fact that it's, it's all in the mind. And, yeah, right. we can feed off each other from time to time, but if you're playing the fire-breathing creature from the lagoon on <laughs> Mars, yes. um, there's not really a lot I'm going to get from you actor to actor. So so I don't think, honestly, that created many challenges for me because so much of it is in our mind as we work on these pieces. I think for me, when I think back on, on creating this piece, I sort of look back on, you know, creating the world. And I think that is what we did so well in this particular piece was we really grounded ourselves in this sort of like, you know, dark brothel environment of the Old West. It's raining. These are not, you know, sophisticated people. They're trying their best in life. And I think once we sort of set our mind to like this location and that locale, that everything started opening up and presenting itself a little bit more then you can work on the really beautiful kind of subtleties of the character which we're able to see through Madame Lydia and some of the other characters mm -hmm. that we kind of discover along the yeah. way. Yeah, One of the things that I think stood out for me um, it's such a joy from the performer perspective to go back and listen to these pieces but I think the crowd scene and the crowd noise in right. this piece in particular was just 
exceptional. And I'm not saying that because I'm part of it. I right. just think that the uh, that the mood created by everybody being sort of so committed yeah. um, was is just uh, exciting. And yeah, we really fun. grounded ourselves in that world. I guess a couple of standouts we should mention is the uh, always wonderful writing of Zeke Kay. Oh my gosh. Um, he wrote this piece. I've always thought radio drama is a great kind of experimental playground. And Zeke always had such a unique voice that was different than mine when I wrote, or even James Napoli, who wrote a lot of our scripts. And, and he, he was able to let himself go to the almost avant-garde Absolutely. With his pieces. So anytime you can catch a good ZK piece uh, by the New Frequency Players, it's something to listen to. It's a it's, ride. Yeah, it's definitely a ride. And this one is. And, you know, we have, in addition to your performance, we have two other really strong female performances in this. You're always in good hands when Joanna Rubiner's your narrator. Absolutely. And, you know, Tracy Crouch's Lalakata as Hannah in this piece is just really wonderful and grounded and really sweet and, and one of my favorite performances I think she ever did for us. It's such a delicate, delicate balance. It's yeah, beautiful. She's great. Well, I say let's give it a listen. Absolutely. Thank, I'm ready. Thank you so much for joining us and introducing this with me. You guys enjoy this one at home. It's a great little Western Western for you called Asleep at Cripple Creek. New Frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful production. In one. New Frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. You know, for years and years, the West has drawn to it a large number of lost souls. Well, our first piece this evening is about two such people and how they find each other in Asleep at Cripple Creek. two kinds of people come out west, the kind searching for something, freedom, adventure, gold, and the kind that end up out here, the sort that were headed somewhere else but got turned around and ended up lost. Of course, it doesn't matter which kind you are, if you're the sort of lady living on her own or the sort of fella who can rub two gold pieces together. Chances are you'll end up here at the lady's house. Some folks call it a brothel. young man come in come in don't just stand there soaking wet come up warm out the fire warm up with some whiskey inside you or perhaps it's one of my girls sort of warming you're looking for yeah. madam lydia pulled the young man in from the storm there he was in the middle of the only action this side of crunion pass and he just stood there rain dripping from the ends of his strong arm you don't look so good boy you feeling all right that's doc He's a caring man and one of Madame Lydia's most frequent customers. I'd wager you look twice as sour first night you got up the courage to step through these doors, Doc. <laughs> Let me talk to the man. This your first time, right? I think I saw his head nod. Did you see his head nod, Doc? Yeah, I guess. But I was kind of distracted by those mounds of flesh rising up out of your top every time you suck down a deep breath. <laughs> uh, that your medical opinion, or are you trying to sweet-talk me? Because you know the rules. You got to pay like everybody else. Of course, Liddy. Of course, I, I know the rules. But maybe you better tell the new boy, huh? Madam Lydia took the quiet man by the elbow and walked him around the red velvet lobby, letting him soak up the sights of busty young ladies in their underclothes, pouring fellas whiskey and stinking of one-a-love. 
She stopped him at the bar and got a couple fingers of gin down his throat. I see it ain't your first time drinking. Careful, boy, you might talk my ear off. <laughs> right. Well, then I'll talk and you listen. In my house, I got only two rules. One, the girls are in charge, and two, I'm in charge of the girls. If one of them don't like the way you're looking at them, or they think you stink a jerky, that's too bad for you, you understand? There ain't a whole heck of a lot to keep a young man's interest out here, so you follow my rules and you can spend the rest of your life here. Misbehave and you'll be finding your companionship over at Barton's Cattle Ranch, comprendez-vous? That's French for you understanding what I'm saying. Nod your head if and you do. I think I saw another nod, Doc. Yeah, yeah. Maggie! Yeah? Come on over here. There's a nice plump one for you. She'll treat you real good, boy, and all her bones are nice and cushioned. So you ain't got to worry about poking an eye out if you get lost on your way to heaven. <laughs> Fresh pickings. They never been touched, fur as I can tell. Just like I like them. Now you come here and let little Maggie give you some kisses. Mm. You like that? Ain't you got nothing to say, boy? Lost. What's that? What? Lost. That's what he said. Then the young man just fell right over, smack in the middle of the room. <laughs> Here, everybody get back. Give him some room. Doc, some... is, is he... I, well, I think... I think he's asleep. What? Madam Lydia's house used to be empty of folks during the daylight hours, but it's been six months and word gets around. Soon crowds heading west just had to stop over and see the sleeping man of Cripple Creek. There he is, asleep in the same spot. Ain't nothing we can do to wake him. Six months, not a lick of food nor drop a drink. Guess that explains those deep rings around his eyes and the way his flesh got stretched all tight around his bones. May look like, but he ain't dead. I swear to it, Doc Dill still checks him from time to time. He's alive. Well, what with the drought driving the cattle wranglers further west and more folks like yourselves coming by to see this sleeping curio than to partake of my hospitality, it's getting so a girl can't hardly earn a living. Wouldn't be so bad if we could move the sleeping man around back in the corner. Heck, even on top of Bud's old piano. Now don't you be touching my piano, Madam Lydia. It's the only thing in her lets me put my hands on her. <laughs> ain't that right? No one's gonna touch your piano. I'm just telling these nice folks here that we tried to move the sleeping man and ain't nothing gonna make him budge. Not ten cow hands could lift him one little bit. Well, that's about all I got to show you. Unless any of you folks want to stay around for the evening's entertainment. All the looky-loos left, except a young lady with the most striking blue eyes. You can stop your staring. He ain't gonna wake up. Oh, was I staring? Oh, please forgive me, sir. He can't hear you, darling. Now go catch on up with your folks. Oh, those aren't my parents. I, I'm afraid I don't have any, ma'am. That's part of the reason why I'm here. Hannah, that was her name. She stood there in her pretty clothes, rubbing the ruffle on her hip between finger and thumb. I'm... I'm in need of a job and a, and a place to rest my head. Six months ago, I jumped at the chance to add a young lady with a face like yours. But as I've just said, darling, business been bad. Oh, please, ma'am, 
I don't eat much, and, and I'll keep my room tidy. <laughs> this ain't no boarding school, girl. This is a house of working ladies. Do you know what that means? Uh, yes. Go back east. I can't. I have not the money nor the inclination. Uh-huh. An educated girl, huh? An education is all I have. I have no one, and I need no one. I was a slave to my father before he passed, and if I manage to make it back east in one piece, I'm sure to be a slave to a husband were one to have me. And one day I'll be a slave to my sons, and I won't have it. I'll walk west till I'm coated with dust, till, till my feet touch the icy waters of the Pacific, and, and then I'll throw myself in and never come up. I swear I will. God, down now. Sit yourself down. Please do forgive my outburst. First of all, you can stop calling me ma'am. It's madam. Yes, ma'am. Madam. Second, I got a question you got to answer me. You think it's better to be lonely or surrounded with people you hate? Pardon? Every day someone makes that decision. Just about every jerk picks people. Sad part is most of them are still lonely. They just fall under the foolish idea that maybe tomorrow they'll bump into a stranger, a witch doctor that'll cure them. Those few with the courage, foolish curiosity, or dreams crushed to powder. They come out here and try to get by knowing they always will be lonely. That's so. Tis. But even the hopeless got to feel the touch of another. The warm hum of living flesh, even if theirs has gone cold. That's what these houses are all about. That moment of warmth. Just don't ever believe it's more than that. It almost never is. I won't fall in love if that's what you're fretting over. My hope disappeared with the rain. Hmm. Here the girls are in charge, but this bed of roses got its thorns. The days are pretty, but nights, they can get awful ugly if you open your eyes. So you keep them closed, Hannah? Long as you can, you keep your eyes closed. Does that mean I can stay? <laughs> Doc's just gonna love those big blue peepers. <laughs> the week passed on by, as weeks will do. What fellas come by just about all wanted to spend some time in Hannah's room. But Hannah had yet to invite a man in. So the night would pass as nights do, and Hannah would watch the sunrise peek in through the cracks in the shutters, dancing on the dust kicked up by the drought, and she'd talk to the sleeping man. You realize I don't know any of your secrets, and I've told you all of mine? Well, except one. Hannah listened to the sounds of the house. With everyone gone to sleep, Hannah took a deep breath, preparing to share her last remaining secret. Her little hands quivered as she worked the memory to the front of her thoughts. I didn't tell you how my family died. Oh, I dare not. But if I don't tell someone, I know I'll burst. I'll tell you, sleeping man, but don't think bad of me. You see, my family, they were no good. Father raised me by the stick, and, and the only good thing he ever did was to make sure I learned how to read. He did only that so that I could read to him, or maybe so that I could suffer reading of the world I could never have, and of the people I could never be. But no matter. 
The mill he worked in went under, so he tossed me and Sis in the wagon, and we headed out west. The trails are, are hard out here, and the, the chill wind's strong, and, and Sis got sick. But Father was determined to drive on. And the farther west we headed, the worse Sis's pain got. It wasn't long before her fingers turned black as tar, but, but Father kept driving that wagon on. And one night, we were headed up the Rockies, and curve after curve, and... Sis finally stopped her groaning and slipped off. I worked my way to the stage where Father had hold of the reins, and I, I had to tell him we lost Sis, but, but he wasn't listening. His eyes were closed, and he was drifting off to sleep, and exhaustion finally had him by the throat, and, and the horses felt the slack on the reins so that they did what the horses do when they think that they're free. They, they set into a gallop for fear of being captured again, and, and I should have yelled, Father! But I didn't. I let the horses run. And we hit that corner, and sure enough, the wheels slipped off the road and, and over the edge, and, and I didn't want to live. I, I wanted to go over and end it all. And, but at the, at the last moment, I, I jumped from the wagon before I... It's like no matter what my heart wanted, my body wouldn't let me perish. Maybe that's what happened to you. Hannah reached out slowly with gentle intentions, and for the first time all week, she touched a man, the sleeping man. She could feel the moisture from her fingers drain into him. His body quaked like a dog suffering a seizure, head cracking into the floor over and over. Not a pretty thing to see. What is it? What is it, darling? What's happened? His body, he's trembling. Come here, child. Well, you're quivering almost as much as he is. Is he? He's not waking up. Probably never will. He trembles sometimes is all. Seems like it's the thunder does it to him. But just like the rain don't come, he don't wake up. There. See, he stopped. But, but the rain, it, it's going to rain again sometime, right? All the screaming down here. What happened? Sorry, bud. Now just go back to sleep, bud. Yeah, wake me up in the middle of the night. Sure wish the rains were coming. Be a sight for sore thighs, them wranglers, if the grassin grew back for them to run their cattle. Madam, I'm so sorry I woke you. I, I didn't know. That's all right, Hannah. I've been meaning to have the talk with you anyhow. The talk? About getting started. It's hard. I remember it all too well. Heck, harder than stepping off a cliff, but you got to take that first step. The rest is just falling, and falling takes care of itself. What do you mean? Just because I don't read don't mean I'm stupid, and I won't be taken for a fool. Oh, no, 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 of course not. Bad enough having a sleeping man wrecking my business. I'm not running a charity here. Word gets out you riding for free, and that's the end of my business altogether. I didn't mean to. I spent far too many years on my knees stinking a man's indiscretion to let that happen. So you either please a man this evening or take what you come with and get. I, I came with nothing, man. I, I got nothing. Tonight, madam, I'll do it tonight. It ain't so hard to please a man, darling. 
You just cry a little and let him say he's sorry. They just want to feel forgiven. What if they haven't done anything wrong? Everybody's done something wrong. Thunder teased the town of Cripple Creek. Clouds rolled in with the night. Electricity touched off the air, but the rain held its breath. It was just the local boys there that evening. Hannah knew them all by name. Nice fellas, mostly, but she couldn't make her legs walk over to a single one. Madam Lydia helped. Lenny? Oh, oh. Hannah, I'd like to speak to you. Oh, she would. Well, sure, okay. In her room? Oh, huh. Okay. Gentle Lenny, go slow. Uh. <laughs> Anna, uh. <laughs> Madam, Madam Lydia said that you wanted to, to speak to me. Hannah shut the door behind him. Lenny was nice looking. Enough. He didn't stink except of dirt, and it wasn't a bad stink. Hannah pointed at the little bed in the corner. Lenny sat. She stood there in front of him. We don't have to. Not not if you don't want to. She said nothing, just forced a smile. Lenny looked up at her big blue eyes. She said, she said to go slow, so. Joe, if I don't do it right, you go ahead, you go ahead and say so. His hands, rough, gritty from the west, slid up her arms. Goosebumps. Gently, he tugged at the ribbon resting at the small of her back, and her petticoat fell to the floor. She closed her eyes, felt his fingers move over her buttons. She squeezed those eyes tighter. A chill air cut through the room, licking her naked skin. She stood there, frozen. Here. So soft. His sandpaper palm cupped her breast. She wanted to scream. But the sound never made it past her lips. He didn't force himself, and she never tried to stop him. When he finished, he kissed her on the cheek. You're you're crying. Hannah couldn't see how, when she didn't feel a thing. But there they were, those salty tears. I'm I'm sorry. She forgave him, though she didn't know what for. Deep down, she felt she was the one who needed forgiveness. It was four in the morning and everyone in the house had joined the sleeping man's world, all except Hannah. She was at old sleeping man's side again, talking. I, I guess the storm's passing us by after all. Everything might be okay if it would just start to rain. And the sleeping man started to shake. Don't. Please. Please don't. Please. Please don't die. Please. I, I need someone to know my secrets. Don't die. Whatever you've done, I forgive you. And then suddenly, the sleeping man woke. Just sat up like a boy from a catnap. Threw open the front door. and calmly walked out into the downpour. Hannah came out after him. She didn't know where he was walking, but slopping best as she could through the mud, Hannah kept after him. A horse broke from its stable, distracting her, and she lost sight of the sleeping man. Then the horse came running right at her. 
Knocked Hannah down the banks of Cripple Creek. And damn if the horse didn't just keep on running, galloping after the night wind. She lay there, dress soaked heavy with mud, in the rising waters of the once dry creek bed that led the ruffles of her petticoat in a slow waltz. The sleeping man was gone. My secrets. Exhaustion swept over her like a wet wool blanket. Her eyes, assaulted by raindrops, fluttered closed. Her mind spun. Now, more than ever, Hannah felt lust. Just before sleep swallowed her head, a voice whispered in her ear. I forgive you. It was Sleeping Man. He lay down beside her in those rising waters. Rain breathed life back into the creek. Their hands touched. She squeezed his tight. Then she opened her eyes wide. So wide, the night sky turned blue. She felt slack in the rains. Their smiling bodies rose with the water. Picked up by the current, they drifted off down Cripple Creek. Off and away, west. New frequency. Signing off in three, two, one.